presence of the Lord. Oh, my, my, my. The song says, no other place I'd rather be. And I tell you, coming to God's house is refreshing. It is so refreshing. As we were singing and praising, I could just feel his presence in a, in a way that you can't feel it anywhere else. You can feel God's presence in your home and you can feel God's presence in your prayer closet, but but when you get together with God's people, together, worshiping, praising, there is an awesome presence that meet us here. And I'm so very thankful for that tonight. Praise God. And I want to say how much I appreciate the love and the hospitality that I receive here. This is a wonderful church. You are some wonderful people. Amen. And thank you so much for all that delicious food. Amen. That's been coming to my door. I tell you, you know how to spoil an evangelist. <laughs> and uh, other church is going to have a problem. Because <laughs> I'm going to say, hey, they don't do this in Newark. You know, they treat me better than this. Amen. So, <laughs> but I'm so happy to be in God's house. I'm happy to be alive. It's a gift to, to live in the land of the living and to live for God. Amen. It is a treasure. It is something very, very special. The more I realized that I didn't choose him, it was him that chose me. It makes it even more special. I believe it was, um, when was it, yesterday? We had the act. Or was it Monday? Monday we, we met uh, with the Acts Ministry and um, oh, what a wonderful time we had there. Is there anybody here that was at that Acts meeting on Monday? Raise your hand. Hey, that's my sister over there. All right, glory, hallelujah. Yes, oh, it was, it was awesome, wasn't it? God came into that place such a powerful way. We could feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. And that's been on my mind ever since. And uh, I commend this church for that particular ministry. It is making a difference. So let's give the Acts ministry a hand. Hallelujah. It is making a difference. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, um, it goes without saying the effect that 9-11 has had on all of us. Uh, not only in our country, but the whole world, all day to day, everywhere you look, they are commemorating 9-11. Um, and uh, I've been reading online people's um, testimonies of where they were when it happened and how it affected them. You know, very rare in life do you experience something that you will remember like that for the rest of your life. Amen. I mean, certain times in history, certain events come to mind, like for one, I don't know if there's anyone here that, that was alive then or remember, perhaps there were some, um, can remember the attack on Pearl Harbor. Is there anyone here that was alive December 7, 1941? Amen. Look at this. Look, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Let's give them a hand. Amen. Praise God. A day that will live in infamy. I'll tell you, moments in history, it'll never leave you. It'll never leave you. 
And then after that, I think one of the most traumatic experiences that I remember very early in my life was the date November 22nd, 1963, Friday morning. President Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. Anybody here remember that? See a little more hands going up. Yes, indeed. I remember it very clearly. I was, I was eight years old, and I was in the hospital recuperating from uh, an appendix uh, operation and get ready, getting ready to go home. So I was feeling better and, and everything. I remember watching cartoons that morning, and it was interrupted, and uh, the bulletin came. I'll never, ever, ever forget that. And then most recently, 9-11, 2001. 18 years ago. Wow, it, it seemed like it was yesterday. You know what that tells me, brothers and sisters? Time is flying. Time is moving. Time is not waiting for no one. And before you turn around good, it's going to be 18 more years from now if the Lord tarries. So you know what? God has been dealing with me all day today as, as I've been thinking about all these things. God kept dealing with me about time, 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 and how swiftly it's passing and how we must take advantage of every opportunity that God gives us. We are not to be wasting time. Amen. And, and I sense... I sense the, I don't know how would you say it, the eternal clock ticking, eternity, eternity. And it could very well be that tonight is somebody's destiny with eternity. Could be yours. So with that in mind, let us stand together. God wants to speak to us. I say, God wants to speak to us. Amen. Hallelujah. This is not a regular service. We, we don't have regular services around here. Amen. We don't, let me say that again. We don't have regular services around here. Amen. We have an encounter with God. Yes. So I want to invite you to open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, the fourth chapter. The book of Hebrews, the fourth chapter. And together we're going to look well, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. That's the wrong chapter. Chapter 3. I, I, I gave the wrong scriptures to the people in the back. Well, the wrong chapter anyway. Chapter 3 of Hebrews, beginning at verse 7. Hebrews chapter 3, beginning at verse 7. There's a lot of scripture. I'm going to read down to verse number 15 and then skip over to verse 19. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3 at verse number 7, wherefore, that word wherefore also means because of this, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation, said they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Can you imagine that? After 40 years, 
of being in the presence of God, they still didn't know his ways? Perhaps we got people like that in church. Verse 11, God got angry. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. <clears throat> Verse number 12, take heed, brethren. Pay attention, brethren. Examine yourself, brethren. Take heed, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another. Amen. You know what that means? Support one another. Love one another. Encourage one another. While it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ. If, 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 if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. Uh, it is said today. Everyone say today. Today, today, today. If, 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 if you will hear his voice. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation. And in verse number 19. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. <clears throat> We're not talking about lost, unregenerated sinners. We're not talking about them. We're talking about people that saw his miracles. People that heard his preacher preach. We're talking about people that were particularly called out of Egypt. And yet, they didn't make it. And God is telling us today, don't you take your salvation for granted. Amen. Don't just think you got it made. You need to protect yourself from a hard heart. Amen? Oh, let's pray together. Holy Ghost, Spirit of the living God. Lord, we spent all day mixing with spirits, Lord, and mixing with people and personalities and things that are not of you all around us, in our neighborhoods, in our homes, on our jobs, the filth of the world, amen, trying to get into our spirits and into our minds. But Lord, we walk into your house like a warm shower of the Holy Ghost, seeking you, Lord God, to wash us again, cleanse us again make us pure again in your sight God we pray your perfect will be done speak to each and every single one of us we pray in Jesus mighty name and let the church say amen praise God before you see it look at somebody and say protect your heart protect your heart amen God bless you you may be seated a hard heart Oh God, oh God, oh God. Just before coming to church, and I, I tell you, like I mentioned before, all this, all this news about 9-11, but there's other things that's happening right now, right now tonight. Uh, reports, I just recently heard reports of uh, a terrible, terrible storm that went through, amen, uh, I believe it was Idaho, Wisconsin, somewhere in that area of the country. I don't know, I, so many tornadoes broke out last night. 
I, I didn't even hear nothing about it. I didn't know what had happened. But there are things that's happening in the dark out there. there. There are things that are happening in our neighborhoods that we may not even know nothing about. There's all kinds of disaster and, and pain and agony. And, and it seems like the whole world, the whole world is getting stirred up. I mean, people, people are losing their minds. There are a lot of sick mental cases. Folks are going out with guns and just shooting people down by the multitudes. And then on top of that, the weather, tornadoes, hurricanes, floods, fires. They want to blame it on global warming or whatever. But I say it is a sign of the times that we are living in. And Jesus told us these things would be happening. One disaster after another. One calamity after another. Surely the day that Paul talked about is here. Because Paul said, in the end times, perilous times shall come. Yeah. Amen. And we are living in perilous times. Last week, I was walking with my wife through, uh, what, what store was it, Walmart. We were walking through Walmart, and it was strange. As we were shopping, my mind kept going to how somebody walked into a Walmart with a gun and just started shooting people. And I'm thinking to myself, that can happen right now. That can happen right now. It happens in the most unlikely places, in the most unexpected times. Every time I get on a plane and I'm sitting in that chair and I'm looking out the window and I see the clouds and how beautiful God created nature, something in the back of my mind says, this could be your last day. And truly for each and every one of us, today could be your last day. Hallelujah. And I say, Lord, God, don't let me get too comfortable. Don't let me get too casual. Don't let me get too busy with the things of the world trying to get my attention, drawing me away from you. We're living in an hour where we need to be praying more now than we've ever prayed before. Brothers and sisters, we are living in a time where there's ever a time to bring people to church. This is it. Praise God. We should not be satisfied with the attendance we have in this service. Take heed to yourself. Examine yourself. Are you doing what God commands? Or are we just casually hoping for the best? We need to protect our hearts. God brought those children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. Hundreds of years in slavery. They scream and cry and pleading, God help us. God get me out of this situation. Just like some of us have cried. Oh God, if you just get me out of this, I'll serve you with all my heart. Lord, if you just change my situation, I promise I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I want you to know God hears your prayers. But he has perfect timing. And in the process of time, God, after hearing the cries of the people for hundreds and hundreds of years, he sent a preacher. He sent a messenger, a man named Moses. And oh, glory to God, Moses came to that group of people. And I tell you what, believe it or not, Moses had an Acts 238 message. Yes, he did. <clears throat> he got around those children of Israel. Some of them have been beaten up. 
scarred up, had all kinds of problems from how they were treated. Mama was a slave, daddy was a slave, grandpa was a slave. The devil had their back. And Moses came with a message. And you know Acts 2.38. Repent. Everyone say repent. repent. First thing Moses told those children of Israel, God has heard your prayers. He come, he come and told me to tell you, he's got a place. Hallelujah. He's got a place for all of you. There are mansions over there that you didn't build. There are vineyards over there that you didn't plant. And it's waiting for you. It's called the promised land. Their hopes begin to rise. Is this true? We've been waiting for this so long. You mean to tell me? No more master's whip? No. You mean to tell me? No more carrying heavy burdens? No. You mean to tell me? No more struggling and fighting the devil? No. Tell us what we need to do, Moses. First thing Moses told him, in a sense, was repent. What did he tell him? Turn your back on Egypt. Turn your back on Egypt. Put Egypt behind you. Now walk in the will of God. Hallelujah. All that mess behind you, that old lifestyle behind you, the old way of things behind you. See, first of all, you got to make up your mind, brothers and sisters. You got to put that junk behind you. You got to cut off some stuff. You got to quit doing some stuff. You got to quit looking at some stuff. Everyone say repent. They turn their back on Egypt and start walking in the direction of the promised land. I can just see Moses say, come on, y'all. Walk this way. Come on. God is with us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Come on. Keep on walking. They didn't know where they was headed. They didn't know what was in store for them. But they had faith. The next thing Moses did, Moses said, you want to get to the promised land? All right. You've turned around. That's good. That's the first step. The next step, you got to go to the water. You can't get around. You can't go up under. And you can't get over it. You got to come through. You got to come through the water. You got to come through the water. He led those children of Israel to the banks of the Red Sea. As soon as Pharaoh got word, these people mean business, just like that old devil. Soon as he find out you ain't playing, you serious, you really mean it, you gonna live for God, he gets stirred up. Oh, that devil gets stirred up. Said, oh, I can't let her go. I can't let him go that easy. No, 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 he ain't gonna go like this. I'm going to get him. And if I can't get him to come back, I'm going to kill him. And Pharaoh called his armies together and said, listen, go after those people. I want every last one of them slaughtered. They were out there at the banks of the Red Sea. As far as they could see, water this way, water that way, water in front, Pharaoh's army behind them. Oh, we in trouble now, Moses. Because that old devil, he mad. I'm scared of the devil. You ain't got to be scared of no devil. 
I'm telling you, ain't no devil in hell that's powerful than the name of Jesus Christ. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess to the power and the authority of Jesus' name. Those folks were gathered at the shore of that sea. They looked back, saw Pharaoh's army. Fear began to grip the people. Moses, look what you've done. That's what some folks say to their pastors too. Pastor, look what you've done. <clears throat> My life has got worse since I started coming to church. <laughs> Amen. Some of you know that's the truth. Moses said, fear not. Watch this. He grabbed that rod in his hand. And he stood there on the banks of that river and he lifted that rod up high and the wind began to blow. The Holy Ghost began to blow. Hallelujah. It came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it swept down across that sea and the waters opened up. Dry land appeared. Can you imagine the reaction of those people? I mean, come on, they were just like you. I mean, we're not talking about comic book characters. We're not talking about make-believe people. These were real people. Can you imagine? Listen, what would you have done that day? I wish we could have a demonstration. <laughs> this place, <laughs> this place would be unglued. Oh, no, 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 listen, if I was there on that day and I saw the spirit come and move that water and a dry land appeared, oh, oh, my mule, I would have been dancing and shouting and screaming and hollering. And you too. They had never seen anything like that. God is real. God is alive. God is on the throne. Hallelujah. He is still God. Oh, Moses looked at the children of Israel. If you want to go to the promised land, you got to walk across. Man, they started marching. They started marching, dry land, they couldn't believe it. Walls of water on every side. They coming across on the uh, Pharaoh's army. Moses, oh, Pharaoh said, go get them. God put a pillar of fire and separated the enemy from them. Oh, God knows how to fight your battles. Hallelujah. Then they got across <clears throat> to the other side. Man, they, did you just see what happened? Can you believe it? Man, this is incredible. But wait a minute. God's not done. No sooner than they came across on the other side. And everybody was like, God is awesome. God is alive. Somebody said, hold it. Look at the devil. Now, why do you want to look at the devil? When you can look at God? Look at the devil. What the devil doing? He coming after us. Moses said, fear not. Watch this. Because <laughs> I'm going to show you something you've never seen before. I want you to get a good look at this. Don't blink because you might miss something. But I want you to know that Pharaoh, that old devil, and all his imps, they look like they're coming. They look like they're getting close. But God got a plan. He's going to wait till they get right in the middle. And watch this. And the waters, and the waters, and the waters came in on Pharaoh's army. Yeah. 
the horses and the chariots and the soldiers drowned in the sea. Woo! Man, that excites me. Hallelujah. They grabbed tambourines. Moses' sister Miriam grabbed a tambourine and started shaking that thing and started, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? If you knew the devil was whipped in your life, didn't that give you something to dance about? When you knew all your sins were washed away, didn't that give you something to dance about? When I'm telling you, you still got a reason to dance. You still got a reason to praise. You still got a reason to rejoice. Yeah. Hallelujah. Man. Them waters swept over the whole army of that old devil. And Moses told the children of Israel, the reason I wanted you to look was because this would be the last time you would see them. All those things that drowned in that water was a representation of your past struggles your past habits, your past addictions, your past sins, your past pain, your past mess-ups, your sins drowned in the water. That's why baptism is so important. That's why the Bible teaches us we must be baptized. We must be buried in that water. Jesus said, except you're born again of the water and of his spirit, you can't get in. You can't get around it. You can't get under it. You can't get over it. You got to come by water to get to the promised land. And you know what's so really cool? What's really cool is the name of the sea. What's the name of the sea? The what? Y'all don't sound too excited. Say it real loud. The Red Sea. And don't you see the significance? It's red. The blood. The blood. The blood. The blood is in the water. The blood is in the water. It washes away all your sin. Woo, hallelujah. Praise God. What a wonderful God we serve. He provided. They came across. They, they turned their back on Egypt. Repent. They came through the water. Water baptism. Now God told Moses, build me a tabernacle. That I, the creator of the universe, may dwell in the midst of my people. It's always been God's plan. He don't want to be just a man upstairs or some distant spiritual being, but he wants to dwell in the midst of his people. Better than that, he wants to dwell in you. He wants you to be a tabernacle. He wants you to be his dwelling place. God wants to live in you. That's the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. They had it. They had everything. Now, they had hope like they never had before. Where now, Moses? To the promised land. Oh, glory to God. Man, they were so excited. They were so happy. And that's how people are when they first come to church. Everybody's smiling. 
Years go by, they start looking like some of y'all looking. <laughs> Amen. That's why I love new converts, man. I love, you know, that's what keeps a church moving, new people. New people keep it lively, exciting, and sometimes it's contagious. We catch back what, we, they, what they got. Hallelujah, because ain't no joy like the Holy Ghost joy. Ain't no excitement like the excitement of knowing that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. <laughs> okay, Moses, we see God is with you. We'll do whatever you say. We'll obey whatever commands you give us. We're going to follow you, Mo. Three days later, just three days. They walk out in the desert. Hold on, wait a minute, Moses. Why are we going this way? It's easier going this way. We still going to the same place. Why not take the easy road? God never intended for the road to be easy. See, the danger of an easy road is you might get to like it too much. Amen. Blessings over here, blessings over there, money in the bank, food in the refrigerator. Why do I have to pray? Amen. Or when you do pray, it's like, lay me down to sleep. I don't want to hear that. Hallelujah. Sometimes he's going to take things away from you. Sometimes he's going to make it a little rough for you because that drives you to your knees. That keeps you, amen, humble before the Lord. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. That's all you need. I need you in a place where you're going to remember, I am God. Three days later, they've been out in the hot desert. No water. They are thirsty out of their minds and they walk up to this huge pond oh finally water and when they go to get the water don't drink it it's poison it's bitter you got to be kidding me <laughs> come on man I'm dying of thirst and we got this water that ain't no good what's the point of being delivered if all you're going to do is bring us out here to kill us God got angry. How soon people forget. Because if God was able to perform a miracle with water, surely he can do a miracle with that water. But they got the belly aching, and they got the complaining, and they got the acting all crazy, like some of you. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful how the Bible just show us ourselves? Amen. And you be scratching your head. I just don't understand. Moses said, have faith in God. He knows what he's doing. God wants to set them up for another miracle. The miracle of the rock. The rock of ages. Hallelujah. In the midst of a barren desert. No river, no pond, no stream, no water. And they say, we're thirsty. God said, go to the rock. You don't be kidding me again. You mean, I'm dying of thirst and you want me to go stand in front of a rock? What kind of God is this? What kind of, what kind of ministry is this? What kind of church is this? This is insane. I need water, not a rock. But what you don't know, 
is the rock is where the water is going to come from. Jesus said, I am the rock. Hallelujah. Ask and I will fill you to overflowing with that Holy Ghost. My brothers and sisters, God knows what he's doing. We can't outguess him. We can't figure him out. It's not supposed to make sense, but we need to walk by faith. We got to believe him enough to know that when God says it, it's going to happen. God provided them water, refreshing, cool water out of a rock. Nobody has seen anything like that because we serve a miracle-working God. Yeah, and they, they were so happy. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And they were so thankful until, as always, that until. And you know, people are like that. They can praise God until. Some come to church faithfully until. Got all the faith in God that they can muster until worship him. I'm going to live for him. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Glory to God. If he don't answer a prayer, if he does not another miracle, I'm still going to praise him. I'm still going to worship. I'm still going to love him. Now they're hungry. Moses, you know what? We should have stayed in Egypt. What? After all God done for you? See, you forget. People forget people forget we we should never forget don't forget what God did for you don't forget what the Lord did for you at Calvary don't don't let that get old in your spirit keep it fresh keep it new keep it exciting amen they forgot now they're thinking back in the world we had onions nasty greasy onions oily leeks all that nasty food they just threw at us I know it was nasty then but based on what we got now it was good <laughs> Moses got mad and God got mad now the proper reaction would have been oh Lord creator of the heaven and earth you are my provider I shall not want for anything God, we look to you for help. We need food. No, they, they didn't come that way. Where's food? Where's food? That's how people act with God sometimes. Things don't go right in their life. You got some splaining to do. Amen. God got angry. He said, Moses, I'm so tired of these people. I am so tired of these people. They're hard-headed, stiff-necked, unbelieving, unappreciative. Uh, okay, then. I'm going to give them some food. And he didn't give them what they were wanting. They wanted steak, hamburgers, pizza. Because they had some young people in there, too. God said, I'm going to give them some. I'm going to give them flakes. I'm just going to rain flakes down from heaven. Cover the ground. Now Moses, you tell them to get enough for one day. And I'll provide every day what they need. Their daily bread. They walked out there and said, this is it? Oh, come on, God. You can do better than this. And they ate, grumbling, complaining, belly aching. 
because it wasn't good enough for them. Brothers and sisters, we need to learn from this. <clears throat> Amen. People be talking about, Lord, you promised in your word you would heal me. You promised in your word you'll do this, you'll do that. Sometimes we forget who the Lord is. We are not the Lord. He's the Lord. Amen. God has a way that is not ours. He has thoughts that's not our thoughts. Amen. We just need to be submissive and obedient and humble and recognize he can see the end from the beginning. He knows what we're going through and he will not give you more than what you can bear. So we get to complaining and belly aching and carrying on. I know people come to me one time and say, Brother Easter, how come God ain't healed your ear? Because some of y'all may not know I'm totally deaf in one ear. Totally deaf. And that's why I keep forgetting which one it is. <laughs> I'm totally deaf in one ear. I've been up in the prayer lines. I have preachers pray for me. I have folks pray for me. But then you got some people say, well, how come God ain't healed you? You don't have faith? And, I, and they, they mess with me so much, I start questioning God. God, I mean, you can raise the dead. You can give sight to the blind. That's, that's, that's heavy-duty stuff. Opening up my ear is nothing. I mean, you can do that. Go ahead. Do it, Lord. I believe, I believe, I believe in Jesus' name. Bam! Heal! Bing! Can't hear nothing. Okay, there's a problem here. Either I'm wrong or you wrong. Somebody wrong. <laughs> Amen. Turned out I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. Don't doubt God. Don't question God. The devil will use that. He'll use that and beat you over the head with it. He'll start questioning your faith. And he said, if God is real, why he didn't do this? And God is real, why he didn't do that? If God is real, why didn't this happen? If he's such a loving God, why all this going on? And then you start questioning God. I, had, I started questioning God. I, my heart, my heart, my heart was starting to get hard. I started doubting. I started questioning. I started wondering, what's the point of all of this? Is this really real? I mean, I never seen a dead person, myself personally, I never seen a dead person come to life. I, I never, I, I never seen a blind man that's been really, really blind open his eyes and see. I personally never seen it. Is it really real? Because if it's real, I need to see it. And I got, a, I got that spirit on me. And all of a sudden, God smiled because I'm so glad he had mercy on me. He smiled at me and he looked at me and said, remember when you were addicted to drugs? I said, that's it. That's it. That's all I need. That's all I need. Only God can do that. <clears throat> Only God can take me out the gutter and put me on a solid rock. Only God can turn my life around and put me in the place. I, this is God. God did this. And when God washed away all my sins and he wrote my name in the Lamb's book of life, he don't have to do nothing else for me. He don't have to answer another prayer. Hallelujah. I got my reservation. I got my reservation. I'm going home. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. All that other stuff is just extra blessings. They got a hardened heart. 
And they started complaining about the food. They didn't like the food. God said, you know what, Moses? I've had it up to here with those people. I'm going to kill all of them and start all over. He could do it, too. And he has a right. Moses pleaded, no, Lord. Lord, don't do that. <clears throat> he said, no, I'm sick of them. I've been too good to them, and this is how they treat me. They're unthankful. They're unholy. They're worldly. They're carnal. No, God, don't do it, Lord. God, kill me. If you're going to kill anybody, kill me. No, Moses, you're my faithful servant. I'm just going to wipe them out and start over. And Moses said, now, Lord, the whole world knows you are God. The whole world witnessed what happened in Egypt. All the enemies are afraid of you because you brought this humble group of people through the Red Sea. Now, God, what are they going to say? When they get the news, you killed all of us. <laughs> That's not good for your namesake. So, God, for your namesake, preserve this people. God looked at Moses and said, you know what, Moses, you're a mighty intercessor because I'm going to do it for my name's sake. And he brought down that, that, that juicy, fat, pheasants, nice, juicy birds falling out the sky. Them people went nuts and God kept feeding them and kept feeding them and kept feeding them and kept feeding them until they were overflowing with it. That's enough, that's enough, that's enough, that's enough. God know how to bless you. Amen. But with all those things and all those miracles and all those signs, they developed a hardened heart. A hardened heart. God calls it an evil heart of unbelief. Unbelief is wicked. It is against God. Because without faith, you can't please him. So you got to believe. You got to believe. And you got to protect yourself from unbelief. It creeps in. It creeps in. Little doubts begin to creep in. Amen. Unbelief is generated by disobedience. Because Jesus said, if you obey, you will do. And when you're finding yourself not doing, you can say you love God, you believe in God all you want. But if you're not doing what God commands you to do, that's unbelief. That is unbelief. And, and, and oh, glory to God. So many of us are guilty right now. I believe in God. Jesus said, why you call me Lord? And you don't do the things I tell you. I don't want mouth service. I don't want lip service. You got to love me from your heart. You got to submit. You got to bow to my commands. You are a servant. You've been bought with a price. You don't belong to yourself. You got to protect your heart because your heart will start reasoning. Your heart will start debating. Your heart will start convincing you. It don't take all that. I'm good. I'm okay. It's evil. It's evil. When the, when the Proverbs writer said, guard your heart, guard your heart, he wasn't trying to tell you, protect your heart from what's inside. He was trying to tell you, amen, not, no, not, don't protect your heart from the outside, things coming in. He was telling you, protect your heart from the things that's coming out. Because your heart is deceitful and your heart is wicked. Hallelujah. 
And we can't allow our hearts to become hard against God. Pharaoh hardened his heart. When Moses gave the command of God said, let his people go, Pharaoh hardened his heart. He resisted the Holy Ghost. He resisted the Holy Ghost. And you know what? You can resist the Holy Ghost so much, God will turn around and say, let me help you. And then God hardened his heart. Oh, you don't want God to harden your heart. Because when God hardens your heart, can't nobody soften it up. And you cannot be saved. Instead of thy will be done, God says, okay, your will be done then. And that's serious business, people. Take heed to yourself. Check yourself out. Give yourself a, give yourself a heart examination. Hallelujah. Amen. Check your heart out. How quick are you to respond to the moving of the Spirit? When that cloud began to move, they broke camp. Time to go. Why? The cloud moving. I don't feel like it. You better follow that cloud. God is on the move. The Spirit is moving. Move with it. When that cloud stops, you stop. I think we can go a little further. You better stay right here. It's dangerous being ahead of the cloud or being too far away from the cloud. You got to check yourself. Am I right in the middle? Am I where I need to be? Oh, Lord. Search my heart. Is there anything in there that's not right? Because I want to be pleasing to you more than I want to be pleasing to anything else. Guard your heart. Examine yourself. Don't let it become hard. Stop resisting. The Holy Ghost. Today. Everyone say today. 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 If you hear his voice, pardon not your heart. If you hear his voice, if you hear his voice. You can hear God. Yeah, you can hear God. And people be wondering, what does God sound like? I want to hear God. You've been hearing God your whole life. That little prompting, that little, that little something that tells you, don't go down that road. That little something that tells you, turn here or go over here or don't do that. That little, that little, that little voice, not with your physical ears, but in your spirit, you, that's something that's prompting you, something that's prompting you, pushing you gently, pulling you and pushing you. That's God. All your life he's been talking to you. He's been drawing you. He's been compelling you. He said, no man can come to me except I draw him. You can't even come to church unless God do it. And if it was up to you to get saved, you'd never do it. But it's God. When he begins to talk to you. You know that preacher telling the truth. You know he's talking about you. He got your number. You need to get right with me. I love you. You need to quit doing that mess you've been doing. Look, I'll help you. You need to take a stand today. That's the Holy Ghost talking to you. You need to not wait. Don't put it off. You need to make your mind up. You got to believe me. Trust me. Come to me. Come to me. And you're sitting there in your chair and you've got this going through your spirit and your body is trembling and you're sitting there feeling uncomfortable because... I didn't come to church for this. I came to church because Millie invited me and I got tired of her calling. I decided I'd come. They said, this preacher going to be in town. And I said, well, I'll go look at the show. 
And now God is pulling on you. God is pulling on you. And now you're sitting there. I don't know. And every kind of excuse coming to your mind. Oh man, not tonight. I know I need to get saved. I know I need to get right with God, but I'm not going to do it tonight. No, not tonight. The Bible says today, today, today. The Holy Ghost says today, if you would harden not your heart. Your heart, amen, is starting to get hard on you. The more you resist. God is pulling on you, ma'am. Even now the Holy Ghost is pulling on you and you are resisting just as hard as you can. In fact, you're like a statue. I'm not going to look at you. I'm not going to look at you. But you, you're just like a statue, just as rigid as you can be. You just... Because that's the Holy Ghost loving you, pulling on you, drawing you. And your flesh is saying, I don't know about this. I, I don't even go to this church. I, I don't know about this. I don't understand what's going on. I feel something, but I, don't, I need to study this out. I need to ask some questions. I need to wait, 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 wait. No! The more you wait, the more you resist, the harder your heart becomes. And every time you say, not today, not now, Lord, I'm not ready yet, I'm not, I'm not prepared, the more you put it off, the harder your heart becomes. Like, like a loaf of bread. What, what does it take to make a loaf of bread get hard and stale? Nothing. Just do nothing. Just leave it out, unwrapped, unprotected uncovered and it will get hard same thing with your heart same thing with your spirit just stay out there unprotected uncovered unmoved and you will slowly get harder and harder and harder till even God won't even knock on it anymore and that's when it's scary when you can come to church and the spirit of God is moving the preacher is preaching and everybody else can feel something but you don't feel it that's scary when folks can be in that chair rocking back and forth, oh Jesus, Lord Jesus, I love you God, I feel your spirit. And you don't feel anything, that's scary. Because you are in trouble when you can't feel the spirit of God. A hardened heart is evil. And the more you say no, and that's what you're saying you only have two choices yes no and right now hallelujah God is dealing with you right now you know there's some things you need to do you know right now there's some things you need to stop doing will you bow your heads with me I'm going to take a moment and let God speak in the name of Jesus come on amen right where you're sitting the Holy Ghost is dealing with you Oh, God, there's some things I need to stop doing. Lord, you've been dealing with me about this. I need to stop. I know I need to stop, Lord. God, I'm sorry. Forgive me, Lord. God, I know I could do better than what I'm doing, Lord. I'm sorry. I confess I've been lazy. I've been spiritually lazy. I'm sorry, Lord. There's no excuse for it. You've been so good to me. You've given me more time than I, can, I need, Lord, and I'm not using it right. God, help me to set my priorities. Help me to put you first. Forgive me, Lord. I'll say yes, yes, yes. Don't harden your heart. 
God looks at every no, every not now, every wait as an emphatic no. And when you say no to God, you're telling him two things. You're saying, I don't believe you. And you're saying, you're a liar. I ain't say that. Yes, you did. He that believe will do something. In closing, oh God. <clears throat> I'm thinking about September 11th, 2001. Iowa, September the 7th, 8th, and 9th, I was in New York. We had a three-night revival. I was staying at a hotel in Brooklyn, and outside my window, you could see the Twin Towers off in the distance. I took photographs of it. Look at the Twin Towers, man. Look awesome. Friday night was the first night of services. It was a storefront, a little storefront daughter work. The associate pastor, he wasn't there yet, but the saints had gathered outside, and we was outside on the sidewalk, and everybody was walking up and waiting for the doors to be opened, and then they started, somebody got a tambourine and started singing, <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, man, we have a church right here on the sidewalk. Pastor came, opened the door, we went in. Boy, we had a good service that night. A special guest was there. In fact, every guest is a special guest. Someone brought this young lady from, I believe she was from the Bahamas. No, no, she was from Jamaica. She was from Jamaica. She was a young mother. She came in, it's her first time. She was so excited. She was looking around and I was preaching and she had a beautiful smile. And that night when I came to the end of my sermon, I said, anyone here wants to be born again, according to the Bible? She said, yes. Three of her friends brought her up to the front. We prayed with her and then they took her to the side. She got changed. She got baptized Friday night. Man, after service, some of her friends were saying, Brother Easter, she's happy, but she's disappointed. <laughs> How could that be? How can you just get baptized and be disappointed? They said, well, she didn't receive the Holy Ghost. I said, oh. So I walked over to her. And I said, hey, sister, what's your name? And my name is Carol. I said, Sister Carol, you know what happened to you tonight? All your sins are washed away. Boy, that pretty smile. She said, yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. But I want the Holy Ghost. I said, let me tell you something, Sister Carol. You're going to get the Holy Ghost. God promised you will receive it. You can receive it here, you can receive it in your car, you can receive it at home. But Sister Carol, you're going to get the Holy Ghost tomorrow night. She looked at me, I said, will you be in service tomorrow night, Saturday? She said, yes, I'm going to bring my family. I said, good, because they're going to be here to see you get filled with the Holy Ghost. And she just smiled and I said, now Sister Carol, I want you to do something for me. When you come into the door, when you walk in, I want you to go to three people. And I want you to say, tonight's my night. Would you do that? Yeah, yeah, you'll do it, yeah. I said, all right, if you do that, watch and see what God's going to do. Saturday night came, place was packed. 
Man, it was playing their music. Folks were coming in, and I'm steadily looking over the crowd. Man, I hope she comes tonight. I hope she comes tonight. And sure enough, I saw her back at the crowd. She was coming through the door. I said, she's here. She's here. That's Sister Carol. And I watched her. And she walked in, and she went up to her brother, and she said, What is she doing? She went to somebody else. Tonight's my night. I said, Lord Jesus, thank you, God. Honor her faith tonight. Fill her with the Holy Ghost. And man, I preached. I don't know what I preached that night, but it was jumping and shouting. And man, everybody was sweating. It was crazy. And at the end of the service, folks came up. People all, it was so crowded. I couldn't hardly get around the place. And I heard a bunch of screaming and hollering and rejoicing. And I looked over and over on that side of the church, there were some ladies with Sister Carl. God filled her with the Holy Ghost. that night. It was so beautiful. Sunday morning, we had church at the, the big church, the mother church. Everybody gathered there Sunday morning. I, I was on the platform, huge church, balcony, and Pastor Mitchell, he was giving an announcement. He said, oh, we're so glad what happened at the church this weekend uh, down here in the, in the middle of the, of the city, and we've got some new people here we want to recognize. Brother such and such, come on up here and get your certificate. Gave him a baptism. Everybody was clapping and all this, you know. And he said, and we got one that was baptized. And then last night received the Holy Ghost, Sister Carol Rebellis. Would you come? And, oh, hey! and she walked up there with her children. And she got her certificate. The pastor said, you a brand new sister. How does it feel? She put a big grin on her face. She said, awesome. <laughs> And she grabbed her kids and very shyly walked off and everybody was clapping. I'm like, wow, what a great way to end revival. Monday morning, I'm at the airport, LaGuardia, got on my plane, took off into the air. It was beautiful. The sky didn't have a cloud nowhere. And that plane took us over Manhattan right by the towers. In fact, where I was sitting, the plane kind of dipped and went around the towers. I was like, wow! I could almost, it's like I reach them. Oh, I wish I had a camera. This is beautiful. Look at New York. Oh, this is awesome. And then it took off and came on to Virginia. That was Monday. Tuesday morning. September 10th. Phone rang. Michael, Michael, did you hear what happened? What? A plane crashed into New York, into the towers. Oh man, that's crazy. Click on the news, every station. Wow. And right while they're reporting, is that a plane? That's another plane! And it hit the other tower. Oh no. That's no accident. What in the world is going on? Everybody was dumbfounded. People couldn't believe what they were seeing. 
not long after that, we got a report the Pentagon been attacked. All of a sudden, it felt like it's in my backyard. The enemy is all around us. Nobody knows where they are. And I got to thinking, that could have been me. I could have been in that plane. Or I could have been in New York stranded and couldn't get out. Oh, God. Thank you for letting me be home when this happened, Lord. I got family in New York. I got family that works in the city and I start calling. All the lines were dead. Lines were dead. Can't get nobody. I can't get nobody. Oh, I hope they all right. I hope this was okay. I kept calling. Finally, I called the church. The line was open and the phone rang. Somebody answered the phone. Oh, finally, I got somebody. Bro, what's going on? Oh, Brother Easter, it's horrible. This world is places in a panic. Where's pastor? He's out. He's out trying to check on people. Oh, man. I can't believe it. Did you see when the towers fell? Oh, Brother Easter, it's horrible. I said, I'm praying for y'all. I'm praying for y'all. And then he said, oh, Brother Easter, would you pray especially for Sister Carol? I said, you want the one with the big smile? Yeah, she worked in the World Trade Center. I said, bro, I'm praying. I'm praying. Never recovered her body. She was able to get a phone call out telling her mom, take care of my children. And those towers came down. just baptized just filled with the Holy Ghost and God knew it was going to happen and I said you know what when those towers were coming down Sister Carol was going somebody here tonight God is dealing with you. Go hard in your heart. Today, let's stand. serious make your decision Lord I'm not playing anymore I'm going to do what you want me to do I'm not playing anymore I know you're dealing with me and I've been waiting and holding on too long but today 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 I hear I feel I sense your spirit and I'm going to give myself to you
I want you to pray for yourself. I want you to pray for yourself.